In my opinion, it's absolutely criminal and somebody should go to jail for it. Now, you know they're not going to, but they really should. Now, if you've got absolutely no idea what the heck I'm talking about, I don't blame you. What I'm talking about here is the Sydney Diet Heart Trial. Now, if you've never heard of this, that's not very surprising. It's been effectively buried for the last half a century or so, and that in itself is absolutely criminal. The question is, why was it buried and for so long? Well, we're going to discuss it in this video. Now, the Sydney Diet Heart Trial was done about 50 odd years ago, and it was essentially to try and prove that, again, cholesterol was the cause of heart disease and lowering cholesterol was a good thing. But actually, that's not what they found. Now, the question is, is this why it was buried? Or was there another reason? The data was actually unearthed in a Sydney garage of all places. Garage, garage, however you want to say it. And it was basically found in essentially in a pile of boxes and the information, the data, couldn't even be translated by modern day computers because it was so old. You had to find some special software, I believe, to actually translate the information. And when they did, they found that what they were trying to prove actually wasn't the case at all. And what they were trying to do, which was effectively following the current, even modern day guidelines to lower cholesterol by taking out saturated fat from people's diet and putting back in unsaturated fat, actually made people worse and it increased the risk of heart disease. And this was republished in 2013, about 50 years or so after the original study was actually done. Now the question is, why did it take so long for this information to even become available to people? And it's really shone a really big spotlight on the whole industry of medical research. Who pays for the evidence? Who pays for the research? Agendas in research, publications in these supposedly auspicious journals that are in reality actually controlled by people who have these agendas and control what they publish. Even so much that actually when this was published, the British Medical Journal actually came out and widely condemned this practice of hiding or basically burying data, uh, submitting you know, incomplete data for publication, not showing your raw data, because it's such a big problem in the research community. The problem is, I really made no difference to anything. It's still widely done. Studies that are done that don't show what the, what the authors want them to show, they're basically just not even used anymore. They're just not even published because they don't show what they want. Or the data's manipulated and massaged, you know, to show what they want it to show. And that's just absolutely criminal in my opinion. Now, in particular, the diet heart study, the Sydney diet heart study, what they actually tried to do was take out saturated fat, which, you know, supposedly is bad for you, and substitute it with uh, linoleic acid, omega-6, so the unsaturated fatty acids, because that's supposed to be good for you, because uh, it lowers your cholesterol. So, and, you know, of course, because cholesterol causes heart disease, so therefore lowering heart disease, lowering cholesterol lowers heart disease, right? Well, actually, no, it didn't. It actually made people worse. Yes, their cholesterol went down, but heart disease went up. This was a major problem and people actually died. The mortality ratio increased. The hazard ratio increased when they took out saturated fat and substituted it with omega-6 fatty acids, unsaturated fat. People got worse, they got more heart disease and they died.
The crazy thing is, this was known about for about 50 years. But why was nothing done about it? And why to this day do modern dietary guidelines, you know, here in Australia, America, the, you know, the UK, pretty much everywhere, the guidelines are still take out saturated fat, reduce your dietary cholesterol, increase omega-6 fatty acids, increase polyunsaturates. Despite the fact that there's very clear evidence that this caused heart disease, it caused an increase in the risk of heart disease. It certainly didn't improve it. So why are we still told these things in the dietary guidelines? It's absolutely insane. Why are we told this? Well, this goes really all the way back to Ansel Keys about 50, 60 years ago uh, in the 1960s and his diet heart hypothesis, which basically, if you don't know what the diet heart hypothesis is, it's basically he said, well, you know, look, LDL cholesterol causes heart disease. Therefore, LDL cholesterol is bad and therefore we need to lower it. And nowadays, the modern gay guidelines, we're still told to lower cholesterol at all costs. I mean, I actually just the other day had a uh, saw a conversation on one of my Facebook groups, my doctor Facebook groups, and it was someone actually talking about, I won't mention them because, you know, they might get a bit embarrassed. Uh, they were talking about seeing a drug rep and a cardiologist for like a lunchtime um, uh, meeting on these new PCSK9 inhibitors. And, uh, you know, basically the, the cardiologist and the drug rep were saying how amazing all these drugs are because, you know, we can reduce LDL cholesterol. And uh, I believe this, this GP basically said, yeah, but hang on, does, does it actually reduce the risk of heart disease? And from what I gather, the conversation was very quickly shut down because, you know, actually, no, they don't necessarily reduce the risk of heart disease. Uh, there's not actually that much data that they've reduced the risk of heart disease. Uh, all the meta-analyses that have been done actually don't show these PCSK9 inhibitors actually reduce heart disease, barely if at all. But they do reduce LDL cholesterol. So, and that's that's just become an endpoint, basically, for cardiologists, for these dietary guidelines, you know, they don't really even care about heart disease seemingly anymore. All they care about is LDL cholesterol. It's absolutely insane. But this whole thing, basically, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. This whole thing comes back to the diet heart hypothesis that was put in about 60 years ago by this guy, Ansel Keys. We know, we basically have proof. Go back to JAMA, uh, Journal, of Medical, Journal of American Medical Association. I think it's 2015, if I recall correctly. And they've basically published, you know, they've got the documents, the contracts signed by Ansel Keys and the Sugar Research Foundation, the SRF. Uh, I believe they paid him about $6,000 in then money, which is something the equivalent of about fifty to $60,000 American dollars uh, nowadays to, I mean, effectively just lie and say that LDL cholesterol was bad, saturated fat was bad, don't worry about sugar, sugar's great, everybody should eat loads of sugar. Nobody should eat loads of sugar. That was a joke. That was sarcasm. Anyone that's listening that didn't quite get that, that turned it on at the wrong point, that was sarcasm. They basically were told, you know, demonize fat and say that sugar is amazing, which of course we still basically see nowadays absolute insanity. So anyway, I went off on a bit of a tangent there. The Sydney Diet Heart Trial was, was done to try and show that again, saturated fat was bad. We should take it out of our diet. 
Now, again, that we shouldn't, but this is what this is what it was designed to show. But it actually showed the complete opposite, that actually taking out the saturated fat and putting in unsaturated fat, the omega-6, in this case, it was safflower oil that they used, actually increased the risk of heart disease. Now, basically, that's pretty bad. You know, if you're trying to reduce the risk of heart disease, but you actually increase the risk of heart disease, yeah, something's not quite right there. Now, you would think this would be enough to show, well, hey, maybe LDL cholesterol actually isn't the cause of heart disease. Maybe something else is going on because you've quite literally proven that it's basically not because when you lower it, your risk goes up. That makes no sense. If it was purely LDL cholesterol that was the cause of heart disease, the risk would go down. Uh, it's pretty simple. LDL goes down, cardiovascular risk goes down. Job done. Everyone's happy. Perfect. But that didn't happen. No, cardiovascular risk actually went up despite LDL cholesterol going down. But what was done about it? Well, seemingly very little, actually. Now, if you go back, it's, it's kind of hard to actually really go back through the evidence, through the data. Uh, I tried to do as much research for this episode as I could, of course, and it's very hard to really find much of anything other than kind of it seemed like the original researchers either had either just very little budget, uh, very little funding, or they just kind of didn't know what they were doing. To be fair, it was, you know, 50 odd years ago. Or I don't know, they didn't care. I'm not really sure which. Um, I don't want to tarnish them with that brush. But basically, it seems like they just didn't, they just kind of sat on the data and went, oh, well, don't know why that happened. Moving on, <laughs> which is just absolute insanity. I mean, if you think back, you know, 50 years ago, if we'd have known this, if we'd have been told this, that this study showed that LDL cholesterol going down did not reduced the risk of heart disease, and in fact, increased the risk of heart disease. Can you imagine what the playing field would be like now? You know, we probably wouldn't be have this, you know, absolute obsession with LDL cholesterol and actually start looking at other risk factors. You know, you, we know from things like the ARIC study that other risk factors like type 2 diabetes, stress, uh, smoking, I mean, all these other ones are so much more of a risk factor than LDL cholesterol. Yet it's still the only one that we focus on. It absolutely, absolutely boggles the mind that this is still the case, but it still is the case. So, so I guess the question is, you know, if this evidence was basically there, like, why didn't they do anything about it? I mean, look, to be fair, we will never actually know uh, because there's very little written down about it. As, as I said, I did the research. I couldn't actually really find a reason why this actually happened. The crazy thing is, though, this was basically republished in 2013 because some very clever people uh, were trying to look into LDL cholesterol and what the heck was actually going on with this. And they found, they knew this study had existed, so they actually went back, tried to contact the original researchers, and they really couldn't find any information at all. Like, everything was effectively just buried or just lost to the annals of time, whatever, I don't know. You know and, and the crazy thing is, this guy basically had it in, in a box, in a, in a garage, in his Sydney house, just like under a load of rubbish, had to just kind of, you know, even 
just take all this crap out to even find them and then send they couldn't even decipher the the information they had to get special stuff built essentially software built as far as i understand to actually even read the information because it was so old um it's really just such a shame it's an absolute travesty if you ask me that this data was was basically just hidden buried forgotten i mean whatever you want to call it for the last 50 or so years i mean this could have literally changed the landscape 50 years ago and this is not the only example of this i mean there's other examples of this as well which i'll cover in other episodes but this is the problem that we have nowadays is research is done it doesn't show what the authors or the you know the researchers want it to show so they just don't publish it or they just hide it or they just you know publish a bit of it or they massage the data or they you know do do something with us i mean we saw this back in in, in the 1960s with ansel keys uh, and the seven nation uh, you know seven nations study i forget the exact date it was published um it was actually it was never was a seven nations study it was a 22 nation study the problem was the data that they had over 22 countries showed there was actually no correlation with heart disease and LDL cholesterol. There was no correlation. So what do they do? So rather than publishing and saying, well, you know, actually on average, LDL cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease. Now, what did they do? They simply took out the information they didn't like and said, oh, look, here, we've looked at seven countries and all of these seven countries show that LDL cholesterol causes heart disease. Therefore, it causes heart disease. Rather than saying, but actually, if we zoom out a little bit, it was actually 22 countries and it showed that there was no association with this. So, you know, I guess the question is, you know, what really can we do about it? I mean, we don't really know. It's just, I find it really interesting to think, you know, what would the landscape actually be now if we'd have known about this? I mean, can you imagine this being published and the government basically saying like, oh, oh my God, like, wow, like, this is insane. Like everything we thought was just, it's just been blown out of the water. You know, let's, let's change the guidelines immediately. Let's, let's, let's not give all these drugs to people, these statins and PCSK9 inhibitors. And, you know, let's stop telling people to take out saturated fat. I mean, clearly, <laughs> that's never going to happen, of course, because, you know, what came soon after all of these things was then statins and drug companies. You know, these statins are a, a trillion dollar industry uh, across the world. I mean, you, you, it's, it's never going to change. I mean, it's absolutely criminal that we've been led down this path absolutely blindly over the last 50 years because studies like this were basically buried and just lost to, to time. I mean, who knows? how many other studies have been lost to time or just never published because the authors just decided ah you know what i actually don't like what i'm seeing here so i'm just gonna stop I'm just gonna like never publish it or you know i'll just i'll just massage the data a little bit just you know give it give it a bit of a massage so that it kind of shows what i want it to show how much would have changed if this wasn't the case. The problem is, you know, these things, they're still reflected in the dietary guidelines. You know, if we look at the Australian guidelines, we look at the UK guidelines, I'm putting some links up on, on the screen now. 
You know, if we look at the Australian guidelines, we look at the UK guidelines, I'll put links in the description down below for all of this, by the way. And, you know, they still, this page from the NHS, I'll put the link in the description again, it still says we should reduce saturated fat, we should remove saturated fat from our diet and increase the unsaturated fat. I mean, it's absolutely criminal. I mean, to be fair, well, look, to be fair, at least on the NHS page, it doesn't suggest we should be eating seeds and grains and oils like on the Australian guidelines. I mean, my God, if you look at the charts between the consumption of processed seed oils and heart disease, if you can't see and you're listening in the car, what I'm doing is basically just showing the graph. It's absolutely identical almost, just about a five-year a five gap or so. It's absolutely criminal. We're still told to eat these things in the dietary guidelines. It's just, oh my God, it's absolutely mind-blowing that we're still told this nonsense. You know, maybe the American guidelines might be slightly better. The American Heart Association actually did remove the advice, I think it was about four or five years ago. Uh, I'll put a link in the description down below. They uh, they removed the dietary you know, suggestion to reduce dietary cholesterol and saturated fat. But if you go on the American Heart Association website, again, I'll put a link in the description down below, it still tells you to reduce saturated fat, even though it's not in their guidelines anymore. It's just absolutely bizarre. It's absolutely bonkers that we're still told this nonsense. It's it's hard not to get irate with this stuff, and I apologize if uh, I'm getting a little bit excited about it. Um, I spoke about this in my one of my previous uh, episodes on the, the four-month carnival update. You know, I had a bit of a rant about the dietary guidelines. Uh, make sure you check that video out, by the way, if you, if you haven't already. Um, it's just insane to me that we're still kind of told, you know, all of this stuff. Uh, we're still told that LDL cholesterol is the cause of heart disease, is the only thing that matters. Yet we've got so much evidence that that is just not the case. You know, we've got so many other tests that we can be doing. The idea that something as complex as heart disease comes down to this one single test, LDL cholesterol, nothing else matters, is absolutely ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. I mean, it's the epitome of arrogance and I think stupidity, a bad combination, that the entirety of, 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 of heart disease comes down to this literally one test. There's just one, one single number determines whether you're gonna get heart disease or not. Yet, in reality, it doesn't. Because we see people all the time, like as doctors, I see people all the time who are having heart attacks with a very low cholesterol. I see people who have a very high LDL cholesterol who are perfectly fine. And they have a CT calcium score of zero. They even have angios of, of, of basically no blockage. Because I mean, people are going to say, oh yeah, but you know, a calcium score only shows uh, you know, hard plaques. It doesn't show soft plaques. Yeah, but these patients, they have negative stress echoes. They go on to have angios because they have chest pain for various other reasons. Nothing ever found. Yet their LDL cholesterol is high. And of course, look, what are they then told? Oh, well, you know, it's only it's only a matter of time, and you know, you need to go on to statins anyway. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. The thing is, we've got so much data and evidence that there's so many better markers to check for cardiovascular risk than LDL cholesterol, yet it's the one we still focus on. 
You know, if you're not sure what else you can be checking for, I mean, look, go and ask your doctor. If you're worried about heart disease, go and ask your doctor for these other tests. Now, there's many of them, but high sensitivity CRP, uh, your homocysteine levels, your monocyte count, that's part of your full blood count. Uh, you know, you should be asking for maybe APOA1, APOB, uh, lipoprotein little a, uh, LDL subfractions. What are your triglyceride levels? What are your HDL levels? What's your ratio of your triglyceride to HDL levels? What's your oxidized LDL level? All these other things are much better determinants of the potential for heart disease than LDL cholesterol. But still the one we focus on. I've ranted enough. Okay. I guess, you know, I can't really blame doctors um, because they are just doing what they're told. And, you know, I guess some of them are, you know, just following orders. We heard that one before, but, you know, I don't think doctors are really doing it on purpose. You know, to be fair, I don't know a single doctor that's going to go out there and say to patients purposefully, well, you know what? I know that LDL cholesterol doesn't cause heart disease. But I'm not going to tell you the truth. No, I don't think many doctors are really saying that. I don't think there's many doctors out there saying, I'm going to purposefully treat you badly and not reduce your risk of heart disease. No, I don't think many doctors are saying that. I think most doctors out there, pretty much all doctors, I would hope, are saying, look, I'm, I'm doing what I think is right. I'm doing, I'm telling you what I know or what I think at least to be true. The problem is, is the people that tell the doctors. That's where the problem lies. And this is a big problem in itself. I mean, I kind of went off on a slight tangent on this video. It's meant to be about the diet heart study, the Sydney diet heart study, and I've kind of gone off on a bit of a tangent. But I think it's, I think it's worthwhile talking about. You know, the question is really, who writes these guidelines? Who makes the evidence? And I guess this is the whole point of the video. Who makes the evidence? And who is funding that evidence. And, and this is where people like Nina Tickles, you know, I've got her book here, uh, The Big Fat Surprise. I've yet to read it, uh, Nina, so don't be offended if you watch this. I've ordered it and uh, it's on my list of things to read. Um, I think she talks about that a lot in, in her book, you know, who makes the evidence? Who funds the companies that write these things? Who funds the doctors? Who funds the government? And then who passes down, you know, these guidelines, this information to doctors like 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 me, to doctors who are maybe watching this video, you know, probably saying, oh my God, this guy's crazy. Um, you know, I can't, I can't say that kind of stuff. Well, you can if you just do the research and you look at the evidence and you actually make yourself uh, you know, understand, you know, gain some knowledge. You know, it's people like the drug companies, it's the Sugar Research Foundation, these sugar companies, these drug companies, these food companies. These are the ones that are sponsoring all of these events. You know, I mean, look, any doctor watching this, you know, let me know in the comments below if you agree. I mean, I, I know you will. Every single conference, guideline, research, publication, book, I mean, everything basically that you go to as a doctor, that you that you look at to read, to try and learn, is sponsored by a drug company or a food company. Now, they're not always sugar, but they're basically food companies or drug companies, almost always drug companies, almost exclusively. 
Now, again, I was on Twitter the other day and I saw someone, uh, a fellow doctor from the Sydney Low Carb Specialists, actually, shout out to you guys doing amazing work. Um, basically saying, you know, look, they went, they went to a, you know, this educational event on, 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 you know, low carb, you know, effectively how to reduce heart disease, et cetera, et cetera. And all these drug companies basically just plying these doctors with like sweet, sugary processed muffins, giving them a massive dopamine hit to try and forget that, you know, these drugs are basically screwing people and they're bad and forget that these drugs actually show very little evidence of working most of the time. And it also then they give them that dopamine and they talk to the drug rep, they think of the drug and then they get the dopamine hit from the muffin, from this processed sugary garbage that they're being fed. Now, basically that's just how drugs work. They're gonna associate that drug or that drug company with something that's tasty. Now, basically, tasty equals dopamine, and dopamine equals, I think this is going to be good. It's the anticipation of pleasure as opposed to the actual pleasure itself. I'm actually going to do an episode on dopamine, so make sure you stay subscribed for that one. Basically, they give them the dopamine, they talk about the drug, bam, they put them together, and what happens? When the doctor thinks about this drug, they think it's really good because that's the dopamine. So the problem really, I don't think we can really blame doctors. I don't think the problem really lies with doctors. I think the problem lies with these companies, these drug companies, these food companies, government agencies, governments themselves, people like the American Heart Association, British Heart Foundation, the Australian Heart Foundation, or Heart Australian Heart Association rather, you know, the Australian Diet Dietetic Society, uh, all of these people that basically take the money from these companies, take the money from these food companies, and then just produce these absolute garbage guidelines that just really make no sense, completely ignore all the data that we have, uh, and still keep feeding us this lie. I guess the real fundamental question is, what can we do about it? How can we fix this? How can we change it? Honestly, like I, I kind of don't really know. Um, I often say in my episodes, you know, I say to my patients that that medicine is like an oil tanker, you know, or in fact, a hundred oil tankers all stacked up one after the other. Uh, there's so much inertia in medicine that it's really hard to make any changes. You know, the moment something changes, this new amazing piece of information, you know, it takes decades to even get it through to, to you know, guidelines. And then even when it gets into guidelines, it takes then decades for it to actually change clinical practice because doctors, uh, they like doing what they know. Even guidelines, they don't, you know, it's not that like they don't follow guidelines, but they're always a bit wary of new information because often they've been burned before with things like opioids and so on, you know, so there's all that side of things as well. But I am going off on a tangent there. That's for another episode. Honestly, I think the best thing we can do is actually from a ground movement, you know, groundswell, reading reading books like Nina's book, you know, the, the Big Fat Surprise, actually doing some research, getting out there, uh, learning about this kind of stuff, watching videos like this or listening to things like this in the car, listening to other doctors talking about them. Now I'm not the only one. And I mentioned in previous videos, you know, like, I'm, I'm no hero. I'm just trying to put stuff out there that people can learn from, start to question things, start to question what we are told. I think the other thing that we need to be encouraging patients to do, you guys to do, and to be fair, me when I'm a patient as well. Now I, I actually welcome being questioned and I'm not just saying that for the camera. 
Um, ask any of my patients, you know, I will happily be questioned. I will talk to them. I can talk to them for hours about this kind of stuff. And like I often do, and people probably prefer I didn't actually talk to them so much about it, but that's another topic again. Um, but you ask any of my patients, I will happily talk about this stuff. I will show them the evidence. I will show them the research. Again, like all, all the links for this stuff is in the description down below. You know, if a doctor is recommending you to go onto statins and they're saying it's going to reduce your risk of heart disease, ask them, how, why, where, show, show me the numbers, show me the numbers in me, show me how it's going to reduce my risk of heart disease in my age group, in my demographic, with my set of conditions. If they can't show you that information, or at least they can't show you somewhat pertinent information, because look, we can't get that granular all the time. If they can't show you that for your kind of demographics, that it's going to reduce your risk of heart disease, I think you need to ask them, why are you recommending me this treatment? If they can't show you this is how it's working, this is what it's doing, this is the pathophysiology, this is the evidence that backs it up, I don't think we should be then actually accepting blindly what our doctors are actually telling us, and certainly not the government and these agencies of what they are telling us. I mean, God, the guidelines, dietary guidelines are just, oh, I'm going to... I'm going to rant all day if I start to talk about those, which I haven't got time for today. If you do want to hear me rant about the dietary guidelines, you can go back and watch previous episodes. Like I said, my four-month carnivore diet, it probably should be linked around here somewhere. Uh, go and watch that video if you want to hear me ranting a little bit more about the dietary guidelines. In the meantime, look, if you've, if you've got this far, I really do appreciate you watching this video. And I'm sorry this was a little bit ranty. I just get very, very passionate about this kind of stuff. If you are interested in learning a little bit more about cholesterol and the real causes of heart disease, make sure you check out my courses on themeatmedic.com. I will have some courses, in-depth video courses on cholesterol coming up very soon. Thank you guys, and I'll see you in the next episode. Thank you for, this li Thank you for listening to this episode of The Meat Medic Podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help to spread the word that how, how we can improve mental and physical health through diet and nutrition. If you are interested in improving your own... Okay, let's just re-record that. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Meat Medic Podcast. If you found this episode useful, please leave a five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. It really does help out the channel to grow. If you have found this useful and you want to improve your physical and mental health further, please do check out my website, themeatmedic.com, where you can find all my eBooks are currently 50% off with the code 50 off. That's code 50 off, five zero off, O double F, for 50% off all eBooks. Take care. Thank you. See you in the next episode.